All right. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Bible Quest, the Tuesday edition. And uh, Scott, what are we going to be talking about today? We are going to be talking about anxiety and uh, kind of a timely topic because there's lots of things in the world right now that are concerning. We're going to look and see what Jesus said about anxiety, what Paul and Peter said about it. And we're also going to look at what they're not saying. Uh, they're not saying, uh, don't be concerned about things, don't plan, uh, don't be wise. Uh, the, the Bible tells us to be those things. But there's something we don't need to be, and that's anxious. And so we're going to start with uh, Matthew chapter 6. And let's go ahead. I've got a couple of things I want to bring up, but let's read the text first. So Jonathan, uh, you want to start with some of the text there? Yeah, so Matthew 6, just to kind of set up the context here, this is um, one of Jesus' sermons. Um, we call it commonly the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and he's here in the middle section, uh, starting in verse 25, he starts talking about our uh, discussion, what we're going to be talking about today. So Matthew 6, verse 25 says, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of them by being anxious, or which of you by being anxious, uh, can add a single hour to the span of his life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I really like that last verse. Mm -hmm. Don't be anxious for tomorrow. Tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's stop and think candidly about some things that we could be anxious about right now. Uh, there's well, there's a pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, there's uh, inflation mm -hmm. is running away. Uh, our nation's thinking about if you're a U.S. citizen. Uh, they're debating spending uh, a new uh, bill for three and a half trillion dollars. And most people have, have no idea how much a trillion is. They think, well, it's bigger than a million. Uh, it's, it's, we're not going to get into math and politics, but if you don't know how, how much a trillion is, look it up. Um, and to pay for it, there has been talk of the mint maybe just minting a $1 trillion coin, just making it out. Um, you know, with the direction of our country, uh, the things going on in school boards, uh, whether or not you're being, you might lose your job if you don't meet some mandate you don't agree with. There's a lot of things going on. And so it would be really easy for us to be consumed with anxiety. Sure. And mm -hmm. what happens when a person gets consumed with anxiety? 
uh, well, their life, uh, it gets worse and you start to, you start to realize more and more things to get consumed with anxiety. Um, there's a proverb in Proverbs 12, I think verse 27 that says, uh, anxiety weighs the heart of a man down. Um, and yeah, it's, it's miserable to be consumed with anxiety. Miserable. Miserable. And then, so I'm worried all day. And then I lay down, I close my eyes. And if I'm full of anxiety, what's going to happen when I close my eyes? You're not going to fall asleep, probably. <laughs> yeah, because I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about that. And so then I'm going to get a horrible night's sleep, which is going to put me in real good shape to take care of the next day. Mm. Or not. Mm. Uh, and, so, and, and how many of those problems that we just talked about would have been solved because I lost sleep last night? Yeah, none of them. The pandemic would not end. Look at in the news. Scott Smelser was not able to sleep last night. Fortunately, it solved the problem and the pandemic is over. No, national debt is gone. No, none of that is going to be solved by that. So Jesus says, don't be anxious for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. And of course, seek, is it that these things aren't important? No, not at all important but it's it's a matter of priorities isn't it yeah so what does jesus say about our priorities here Jonathan? yeah well the first thing that he says um before he gets to i think with a phrase that you're thinking of in verse 25 he asked the question i think rhetorical question is not life more than food and the bother body more than clothing um and so the the answer to that rhetorical question is yes there's yes. more to life than those things um and he gets to the heart i think of what life is really all about in verse 33 where he says seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness it kind of reminds me i don't think we're going to talk about this verse elsewhere but it reminds me of what paul says in first timothy 4 um and he's not talking about anxiety but he makes a similar point that bodily exercise profits some but godliness is a value in every way It, it provides value in this life and the life to come um and that's a little bit, you know, different point that Jesus is making, but kind of similar that there are things that are hard in life that, that you need to think about and consider and weigh, but that's not what life is all about. <laughs> that, that's not everything that life is. Right. So let me ask this, and we're, we're going to come back and talk more about the anxiety part later, but let's talk about a potential misunderstanding here. Let's suppose uh, I've lost my job due to the pandemic or whatever, and uh, my wife and and child say, what are we going to eat today? And I said, don't be anxious. And I just sit back in my chair. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to sit here and uh, not be anxious. Mm -hmm. Is that, is that going to put food on the table? No. So there's a difference between doing nothing and saying I'm not worrying and going to the ant thou sluggard. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. slugs don't seem to worry a lot. I, I've never seen an anxious looking slug. You know? <laughs> I, I'd, I don't think sloths worry a whole lot either. They don't seem to be very nervous. Um, but that doesn't mean that should be our role model. So go to the Anthel Sluggard. And, and there were some brethren in a church in the New Testament who really weren't not only not anxious about what they were going to eat or drink, but they also weren't 
working to provide what they needed. Mm -hmm. Who are they and what does Paul say to them, Jonathan? Yeah, so those are the Thessalonians. Um, in Second Thessalonians, um, he rebukes them pretty hard in Second Thessalonians chapter 3. Um, and he tells them, you know, we, we told you, we warned you when we were there. We gave you an example that you need to work. Um, and so we're telling you again, you need to work and provide for yourself. And if you won't do that, then there's discipline that follows. You're, you're uh, separated from the church and those sorts of things. Yeah. And they, they were busy bodies, not working at all. He said, eat your own bread. Mm -hmm. Just what they've been doing is eating other people's bread. Mm -hmm. You know, the lazy person says, I don't want to work. They still want to eat. Mm -hmm. Want to eat your bread. He yeah. says, if a man won't work, neither shall he eat. Yep. It, it, he told them this back when he was there, 310 mentions that. He talked to them about it when he wrote the first letter over in chapter four, first Thessalonians, and they still haven't straightened up. Mm -hmm. so there's a big difference between the person that says, I need a job, and they go out and they look for a job and they get a job, and the person that's just being anxious. Yep. Um, so I, I'll give a, an example here. Jonathan and I were talking about this just a moment ago. So I'm with my friend Peter today, and we stopped here uh, at Burger King. I needed a place that had Wi-Fi. And so I ordered my lunch here. And while they were preparing it, I noticed that the lady that was preparing it was coughing and coughing and coughing and coughing. Uh, she took my order, you know, and was coughing. Uh, she went over and got uh, my fries and was coughing. And so when we, right before we came on, I said, Jonathan, what do you think I should do here? Should I eat it? Should I, A, eat it? B, throw it away? C, you know, ask for my money back? And I was leaning toward B. And Jonathan said, I think I would go with B. Um <laughs> That's not because I'm anxious. I'm not personally uh, uh, con consumed about the pandemic and stuff, but there is one. But even if she just has a cold, I would rather not get a cold. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, but I don't want to go in. She, it's an older lady. She works here. She's a nice lady. Um, I don't want to get her in trouble. Uh, the manager knows she's coughing because he's standing right there. I don't want to make an issue of it. So I think this is just going to go into the garbage. Uh, and, uh, uh, and partly that will help me not to be anxious. <laughs> you know, sure. If I eat it, I may be sitting here, am I going to get a cold? <laughs> am I going to get the flu? Am I going to get COVID? Uh, and so it's just an easier solution. And so I'd like to recommend a statement that my psychology teacher said years and years ago. And it's not because I was majoring in psychology. It's not because he was the greatest psychology student teacher. And it's certainly not because I was the greatest psychology student. This is really the only thing I remember from the class. But it's one of the best things I've ever heard. Hmm. He went to the board and he wrote this. When you are faced with crisis. Number one, decide what you can do about it. Mm -hmm. Number two, do it. Number three, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So this is not a big crisis, this is a little thing, but I had to decide what to do about this Whopper Jr. and Rodeo Burger there. And now I've decided, <laughs> and after the program, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to worry about it. Mm. Um, from Philippians 4, there's another point that we could add to that. Decide When you're faced with something, decide what you can do. Mm-hmm. Do it. Don't worry about it. But what's another thing we can do, John? And pray about it. Um, so let's let's read that verse you mentioned Philippians four, um, Philippians chapter four in verse four is where I'll start reading. Um, Paul says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." Again, I will say, "Rejoice." Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Yeah. So, so go ahead. So, yeah. So I was just going to ask. So, so how does that work? Because that's that's a powerful verse. That's a powerful phrase. Let's just talk about that for a little bit. Like, so, so the peace of God. Paul says, pray in every circumstance with thanksgiving, and the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. How does that, how does that work? I don't know. Maybe that's too broad of a question, but yeah, that, that's a good question. One thing, it gives us peace when we realize we've turned it over to somebody wiser and more powerful than ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that, one of the things I like to think about and that, similar point to that, um, there's a, uh, a verse that I really like in, um, in Psalm six or Psalm 56. This is a Psalm of David. Um, it's one of the Psalms where he's, he's having a lot of difficulties. Uh, he's facing a lot of trials, a lot of persecution, a lot of hard things that could cause anxiety in his life. And he says in Psalm 56, verse eight, you have kept count of my tossings, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in my book or in your book? And the point of that is David realizes that he has a lot of hardships that he's going through a lot of enemies, a lot of trouble, but God is aware of that. And that got me thinking one time, one time when I read that, uh, one of the things that I think that shows is one of the antidotes to anxiety, uh, at least what I've noticed in my life, is just that someone is aware of how I'm feeling. It's not even really that they need to fix anything or change anything. I just want someone to know, like just just know how I feel. Um, and so I can share that with my wife. And that comforts me knowing that my wife is there and cares and loves me. I can share that with my parents, uh, with, with my family, with my you know brothers and sisters in Christ. But it's so comforting to know that God knows and is aware of everything, maybe even maybe even more aware than I am of those situations um, and can take care of them. That's that's a comfort. That's a peace um, to have that that companionship there. Go ahead, Scott. You can't, you can't share it with Ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ray doesn't help out, but he does help me feel better. He just, I can't. Yeah, he'll, he'll help you feel. Ray's yeah. a month old, so yeah. Yeah. He'll, he'll definitely help you feel better, but he's he's not going to understand what's weighing on you at this point. Um, yeah, but so that talking to somebody that cares about you is a valuable thing. And I like the verse in First Peter chapter 5, I believe it's verse 7, it's either verse 6 or verse 7. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. There, there's an old saying, I think it's got some truth to it. It's not in the Bible, 
But there's an old saying that goes, God helps those that help themselves. Mm -hmm. God also helps people that are helpless. Yeah. You know, the lame man at the beautiful gate, you know, he's raised up and he couldn't help himself. And now he can, uh, uh, God raises the dead, you know, Lazarus come forth. Uh, but also when there's things we can do, we, we should do, um, and we should not sit back and refuse to do what we can do and expect God to take care of it. Mm -hmm. uh, let, let's give an illustration or two from the life of Paul. In Matthew, go ahead. John. Yeah, let me just read this comment really quick because this has to do with what we're talking about. Um, Amanda said, anxiety seems to hit me in situations in which I feel like I ought to be able to work out a solution or ought to be in control, but efforts repeatedly seem to fail and I don't know why. So prayer is the best solution. Uh, in, yeah. those, in those circumstances and yeah absolutely and and there's things we can't do anything about yeah. so let, let's take uh this statement jesus said don't be anxious for what you're going to eat or drink or wear jesus also said don't be anxious for your life mm -hmm. so let's look at three or four instances where paul's life was in danger he's in the city of damascus uh this is referred to both in acts 9 and over in second corinthians end of chapter 11 uh, they're guarding the gate, waiting to seize him. Paul knows that. What does he do? He is let down out of a window in a basket. So secretly yeah. escapes and flees. Yeah. So he knew there was a problem and he chose a way to get around it. Mm -hmm. Right. Another time uh, he is in Iconium and he finds out they're planning to stone him. He and Barnabas left town. Now, they went down to Lystra, where the people from Iconium chased him to, along with Antioch of Pisidia, and they didn't stone him. Mm -hmm. And Paul got up and continued his work, went over to Derby, and then came back to Lystra, even, and, and appointed elders. Um, he gets arrested at the end of the third missionary journey. He gets put in prison, and or he's being held there, uh, and the, a plot comes to his knowledge from a boy that's a relative uh, that there are 40 Jews who have sworn that they won't eat or drink until Paul is dead. Mm -hmm. What does Paul do with that? Yeah, so he tells the, the relative, I think his nephew, to go and tell the centurion, make sure that the centurion that was guarding him or, or over, over him um, was aware of that, and then Paul is safely transported, I think, I think at that point he's transported from Jerusalem to Capernaum, but I, I don't remember. Caesarea. Yeah, Caesarea. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. So now, what if we? What if I'd been in this? Let's say you're Paul, and you just found out. Wow, Paul, forty guys have made an oath that they're not going to eat or drink till you're dead. Mm -hmm. And there's a conspiracy. You know, when they're moving you around here at Jerusalem, they're going to kill you. And you say. I need to get this message to, you know, the officials in charge. And I said, Jonathan, Jonathan, don't worry about it. Don't be anxious for your life. Just don't worry about it. Who's right and who's wrong here? Uh, I would be right in that situation. Um, there's, yeah. there's something that you can do. Right, right. That's not being anxious. That's, hey, there's Roman centurions. And by the way, if you've never paid attention, you go through Luke Acts. Uh, trivia question. 
How many centurions are mentioned in Luke Acts? Um, uh, I can audience. think of. Wait, wait, wait. I want to see if somebody in the audience will give a guess. How many centurions are mentioned in Luke and Acts? Trivia question. Um, now, we don't know the exact number because sometimes it says centurions and we don't know if it was two or three or four. Um, uh, but let, let's see if somebody comes up with an answer on that. While we're waiting for a number, I'm going to tell you this. They're almost always presented in a reasonable, that, that, that they're doing their job mm-hmm. and providing law and order. Uh, one guy at one point is looking for, um, uh, it, 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 once or twice, they're not doing the best, but they're almost always rely somebody you turn to for reliability mm-hmm. to handle law and order mm-hmm. uh and and sometimes they're spoken out very highly do we have any answers coming in yet mm-hmm. no oh i want to move on to the next point we'll oh. leave it hanging for a minute how many centurions were there all right so paul did the appropriate thing he can't do much about it from his cell but the centurion can and they, they, they end up moving him to more uh, a, a more secure place. Now, is Paul willing to die? Yeah, he's going to go to Jerusalem. He's going to go to Rome, and he will end up eventually being killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, what to the Philippians? Going back to Philippians. If they kill me, what does Paul say? I want you to be anxious and worry about it a lot. No. Um, specifically in, uh, relating to his death. I can't remember yeah. what he says to the Philippians. I remember what he says to, uh, Timothy. Around 2.17, he says, if I'm poured out as a drink offering, mm-hmm. I want you to rejoice with me or for me. Uh-huh. Happy for me. So there's nothing wrong with, as Jesus said, be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. But I tell you, what can get us is to when we move from thinking about what we can do to just fretting about it. Worry, 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 worry. Anxiety, anxiety. That doesn't pay bills. That doesn't solve problems. That doesn't put food on the table. That doesn't protect somebody from those trying to do you ill. It's just worry and anxiety. Mm -hmm very different than thinking and planning and so when we cast our cares on god we've turned it over to somebody that knows more about it than we do and we've turned it over to somebody who's not limited because there's some things i can do something about you know what there's a lot of things i can't do anything about uh i can you know toss this food that was coughed over uh, I, I, I can do that. I can think about who to vote for in the midterms, you know, mm-hmm. hoping for better fiscal policy. But just fretting and worrying, waste of time, bad for our health, is what Jesus said not to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other thoughts on that, John? Um, yeah, so I'm trying to think of how to word this question um that i have um so don't worry don't be anxious that's the admonition 
from Jesus. Um, and we mentioned one thing to do, but let's talk for a, a little bit more, if you want, Scott, about like, so we know the thing not to do, what should you replace that with? So Paul, Paul often, like, especially I'm thinking of Ephesians 4, will say, you know, don't do this, but instead do this yeah, in yeah. The, the old man, new man kind of pattern. So, you know, stop, you know, stealing, but instead work with your hands so that you have something to share with all. So, um, you know, one of the things, um, like back to that proverb that I mentioned in Proverbs twelve twenty seven, it says anxiety weighs the heart of a man down, but a good word will, will uh, uh, cheer him up or, or stir him up or something like that. I think, so there's this alternative. What should we try to fill our lives alternatively with in order to combat anxiety? That's, that's really good. So let's go to Philippians 4. And let's start with uh, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. When I'm letting myself be consumed with anxiety, you know what I'm probably not doing? Rejoicing. And you might say, well, well how can I rejoice? You know, with, with uh, the national debt and the pandemic and inflation and uncertainty and, and China and Taiwan and how, how can I rejoice? He said, rejoice in the Lord. Paul is a prisoner right now. Paul's a prisoner having some people stab him in the back and he's got some kind of a thorn in the flesh. And, but what he's rejoicing in is the Lord. So no matter what else is going wrong in life, if you're with the Lord, wow, you've got something to rejoice in. So, yeah, think about also a verse that came to my mind is Jesus's example in that in Hebrews 12. Um, it says that Jesus looking we, we should look to jesus as our example the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is now seated at the right hand of god um so like jesus had a lot of things that he could have been anxious about um but persevered and endured through for the joy that was set before him so great yeah. example of that and then let's keep reading here philippians 4 6 do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And by the way, I'm going to warn everybody, I may, my signal may cut out here at 2.30 and I may have to cut back in. We'll see. Um, with thanksgiving, that helps a lot. It, th this verse always reminds me of the song, Count Your Many Blessings. Mm -hmm. And upon life's billows, you are tempest-tossed. When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Mm -hmm. There are so many people that would love to be in your shoes right now. If you're full, full of anxiety over something right now that you've been worried about and worried about, there are a lot of people that would like to trade places with you because you've got so many blessings that they don't have. Mm -hmm. Everybody has problems and everybody has blessings, but the blessings that you've got are also blessings that there are other people that they would like to have. When we stop and are thankful, we can still let our requests be made known unto God. You know, Father, please take care of this. Please help me with this. But by the way, thank you for this and this and this, and thank you for, and thank you for oxygen. You know, thank you for the sunlight. Thank you for life. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for mercy. There's so many things to be thankful for. 
it helps put in perspective our requests. Yep. And it says, if we do that, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, back to the question about putting on and putting off. Here's something to put on. He's about to tell the Philippians what to do. And it illustrates what Paul himself described doing back in chapter one. In chapter one, he had three problems. I'm a prisoner. Some people are stabbing me in the back. They may kill me. And he introduced that section with saying this in verse 12. I want you to know things are turning out good. <laughs> because even though I'm a prisoner, the guards are learning of my stance in Christ. And it's encouraging other people to preach the gospel, mm -hmm. which brings up problem too. Some of them are doing out of strife and envy. Mm -hmm. But at least other people are hearing about Jesus and they may kill me. But that means I'd get to go be with the Lord, which is very far better. So each time he chose to look at the better thing and the more spiritual and eternal thing, mm -hmm. instead of the negative and temporary. So verse eight, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Mm -hmm. so the next time I'm anxious, if I spend some time thinking about all these good things, do these good things make us anxious? No. No. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the the old cliche maybe is true to try to find the silver lining in the situation. Yeah. You've got the dark storm cloud. Well, look look past that and see the the golden lining that's there yeah. and it doesn't mean don't do something about the storm cloud if right. you can right you know if the storm cloud is right there and it's sending lightning bolts down in hail and you can walk over there <laughs> you know under <laughs> some might be a good idea yeah uh, and then be thankful <laughs> you right. can be thankful you're under the shelter yeah mm -hmm. So let's just, um, I guess we'll start kind of wrapping up here uh, a little bit. I really like the, with the point that you brought up, Scott, you said you got from your, from your psychology professor, but let's just mention that again for anyone maybe tuning in right now or, uh, or, or uh, just as a good way to wrap us up. Um, you want to say that one more time, that the, the advice when you're faced with a crisis, what do you do? Yeah. So number one, decide what you can do about it. And the answer may be nothing. You know, there's some things that we can't do anything about. So then it's good to recognize that. There's nothing I can do about it. Mm -hmm. So cast my cares on God because he's the one that can decide what you can do about it. If there's something I can do about it, uh, planning, saving, working, boating, fixing, repairing, if there's something I can do about it, then decide what I can do. Then number two, do it. Mm -hmm. Number three, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. And then we'll add number four, go in prayer to God and turn it over to him who is more powerful than I. And you know what? It might be that I thought it needed to be fixed, but God knows better. Mm -hmm. Paul had a thorn in the flesh and three times he asked for it to go away. Mm -hmm. But the Lord said, the grace is sufficient God. for you. Yeah. And then Paul right realized that there was a benefit in it. Mm -hmm. But there's something peaceful just in knowing that you've turned it over Mm -hmm. somebody who knows more than we do yep. and then what about that last verse there uh don't be anxious about tomorrow tomorrow be anxious for it. sufficient to the day i like the american standard mm 
sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's uh, it, if you think about, um, I think it was you, Scott, that brought this up. If if there was a button that you could press that would show you every hardship, every pitfall, every you know loss of money, every death of a loved one that you would experience, and ultimately your death, and it just showed you everything about your life, and you could press the button, and it would show you everything. Would you want to press that? And you know, maybe maybe at first you might think, yeah, I'd like to know. But if you think about it, no, that would be the most overwhelming, sad, hard thing that you could experience. It was just all dumped on you at that one moment. Um, and I think there's a lot of wisdom that God had in designing life the way that He did. There are hard things in life, but every hard thing in your life doesn't happen at the same time. Um, it's it's kind yeah. of spread out. over over our entire life which is good because if it all happened at the exact same moment nobody would be strong enough to handle that um i wouldn't want to see see all the pleasant surprises that are going to happen the rest of my life all at one time i mean that's you know it's like you know uh it's not going to get any better than that you know um it's sufficient to the and so you know what today is going to have it's going to have some problems. They may be huge, huge problems. It, it may be the loss of a loved one. It, it may be a great tragedy. It might be some little bitty problem, like somebody coughing all over your lungs. But there's going to be some problems today. And there's going to be some good things today. And like Jonathan said, it's spread out. Um, so we're benefited and we'll be more useful servants of God and we'll be happier when we listen to the words of Jesus and don't be anxious and listen to the words of Peter cast our cares on him that cares for us. Mm -hmm. Great. All right. Well, thanks for going through that um, uh, with me today, Scott. Um, Thank you to our audience for uh, tuning in and for the participation um, again, we want to extend um, that, that offer um, to our audience. Um, we like to interact with, with you. That's why we want to do this show. Um, and so if you have any questions or comments about that topic uh, or any other questions you'd like us to discuss, um, maybe in more detail um, or more specific on a particular verse in the Bible uh, or a current event that's going on, and you'd like to know how to apply the biblical principles to that event, um, you can submit those questions to us at BibleQuest.tv. Um, and we'll be happy to get to those in our future shows um, as we uh, come to those. Um, Scott, do you have something else you want to say before we wrap up? Yeah, we didn't get anybody answering with a trivia question, so I'll, I'll throw out the answer. It's it's about 11, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. And, so 11 centurions in Luke and Acts, maybe more. So uh, maybe there, there's some homework. If you'd like, read Luke and Acts and see if you can find the 11 or 11 plus centurions uh, and what they're doing there. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Scott. Thank you to our audience. And that's all we have for this week. So we'll see you all next week, Lord willing.